facilities managers, this is our job description. We do precision guesswork based on unreliable data provided by those with questionable knowledge. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at FM Evolution. Welcome to episode 28. I'm excited today because we're going to be talking about females in facilities. Now, this is not something new, but I want to tell you that I've seen such a huge growth in females in facilities over the last five years. I really wanted to talk to someone about it, and I couldn't think of anyone better than Noelle Faya. This girl is on fire. Let me tell you what. She had a great interview, and I had such a great time learning about her and facility management from her. She is absolutely the definition of a professional, and I can't wait for you guys to learn more about her, and, and it's a great interview. So stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this. But before that, here's a word from our sponsor. CGP Maintenance and Construction Services Incorporated is not just a general contractor. They build, service, and maintain facilities while self-performing for some of the largest brands in the nation. With over 33 years in business, they've got what it takes to be the partner you deserve in today's fast-paced facility management marketplace. Learn more at cgpconstruction.com. Welcome to FM Evolution. I'm your host, Sean Black. And today I'm super excited because I have Noelle Faya joining us. Noelle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Noelle is with Olive Garden and has been working in facilities for, oh my gosh, pretty much for what, almost a decade, yeah? Yes. Wow. I haven't said it like that before, Holy but yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I think it's amazing. Um, but, uh, so I, I'm really excited to, to have, uh, you on the show and, and I, I want to learn so much more about, uh, what's going on with you. And, and the reason I really wanted to bring you on the show is I really want to talk about this kind of concept. There's idea about females and facilities, but for those who don't know who, who you are, could you tell us a little bit about, uh, more about yourself? Oh, sure. I, um, I am a female in facilities, so hopefully I can add to this conversation. Um, I, uh, I've got a lot of outside interests outside of work. I play drums for my church band and, uh, I'm I'm the backup to the backup, but I hope to be promoted one day. Um, (laughs) I played drums in high school, saxophone too. Uh, so I was a bit rusty when they asked me to join in, but I love playing with a band again. Um, I'm married and have three kids and I love my little family so much. And um, I love the restaurant industry and I love food. And so I'm totally in the perfect place with being a restaurant facilities manager. Yeah, that is kind of a big deal. The whole living food thing. I love it too. That's like my thing. And so I love working with restaurants. Um, I, I mean, for me, First of all, A, I want to know, well, A, what's your, what's your favorite jam? <laughs> what do you jam it out to in the church? Oh, man. Well, it's all the, like, the contemporary um, music. Uh, the, it, there's, there's a variety of artists. There's, like, Mercy Me and yeah. Casting Crowns and oh, those, those, those types of music. And, yeah, so we, we really do jam out. It's, it's, we're, we're rocking it on Sundays. That's outstanding. Well, today we're really, again, we're talking about females and facilities. And 
from my perspective, this is a, a huge growing trend today to see females not only in facility management, but really as leaders in the market. I, that's my been my perspective for the last couple of years, but I'd love to hear more about your take on it. If you could tell us a little bit more. Well, I always feel weird talking about this subject. I, right. I made my way in my younger years being a decoy duck. I didn't want to stick out as being different in a male-dominated industry. I mm-hmm. wanted to be one of the guys. I tried to blend in with, with my speech, my clothing, yep. talking about football and fishing. And I climbed a little bit the ladder in that male-dominated workspace, um, but I, I didn't want anyone to think of me as a girl or a woman. I just wanted to be at the table. I wanted to be on the golf course, invited to poker night, and I did. I did all of those things, and I listened. I learned, and at first, I was working so hard to fit in, but then as I matured and grew, I became comfortable in my own skin, and that's when I found that I truly belonged is when I could just be myself and in my identity and being a female in, in this, in this workplace. Um, but my take on it really as, as a growing trend is that I found out that as soon as we can visualize someone different in a role that we've already got a stereotype for, mm-hmm. it's easier to incorporate it into your life. You know, for example, we yeah. never pictured a woman astronaut until Sally ride, for example, um, and then how about James Bond being played by Idris Elba? Once I saw a picture of him in a tuxedo, I was like, yeah, this is Bam. awesome. <laughs> um, I mean, even Ron Burgundy had a hard time coming to grips with sharing the anchor desk. Oh, yeah, I love Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> he has a podcast. Uh, I would love to get Ron Burgundy on this show someday. That'd be so oh much my fun. Gosh. I know. I, I would I would love to listen to that regularly. I, I love Will Ferrell movies. They're hilarious. <laughs> <Too>. um, <laughs> but more to that point, you know how real estate agents know that you're about to make an offer on a house? No. It's when they hear you talking about where your furniture would go. It's, uh, oh, sure. It's when, it's when your mind allows for that new vision that everything changes and, and becomes less of a shock almost like tattoos used to mean you were a biker and you might kill someone, but (laughs) now it just means you're a chef and you make a lovely pork shoulder with a balsamic reduction. Exactly. (laughs) We've we've changed our picture in our minds. And so we're not stupefied by the sight of a woman in a leadership position anymore. I mean, we're seeing more women now in leadership roles and when we do, the more normal it becomes. And so I'm grateful to the women who preceded me. And then I hope to be one of the women in an executive role that helps everyone visualize more women as leaders in the future. I Listen, I, I think you will. I mean, you're, you are clearly driven and successful. I mean, you've like, when I was, you know, doing some research, everyone describes you as like some of your peers as passionate, kind, knowledgeable, and thorough. I mean, you've got it going on. And so, I, you know, I wanted to know what qualities do you think are critical for facility managers to have, not just females in facilities, but like just facility management in general. The mindset of do it now is super important. Mm. I thrive on making lists and I, I am one of those people that loves to check things off. I'll, I'll even put lunch on my to-do list just so I can check it off. Yep. Um, but <laughs> if I can get it done before I even have to put it on the list, that's even better. Um, did you hate Brussels sprouts when you were a kid? Oh yeah. 
They're gross, right? They're gross. I remember thinking Brussels sprouts might be bad, but cold Brussels sprouts are worse. It's so what I'm worse. saying is just get it over <laughs> with. Just putting off tasks, especially unpleasant ones, is almost always worse than just doing it now. Um, so for facilities managers, that's that's a key component. Um, and then another quality that's critical is the ability to deliver bad news. Um, I used to be scared of burdening people with bad news, but the reality is I've found that people appreciate knowing the truth as soon as possible. And in facilities, especially knowing about problems immediately helps everybody collaborate on solutions sooner. Um, So the the longer you wait, sometimes the worse a situation can get. So um, you got to get over that fear of delivering bad news and you just got to make that phone call and tell the, tell the right people the problems that are happening so that we can immediately start to fix it. No, I listen, that is actually great advice for everyone in this industry is to just hop on it, take care of it now and come up, you know, come with a solution. Hey, here's where it's, here's what's going wrong, but this is how we're going to fix it. And, you know, sorry, that's how it is, but this is what we're going to do. And this is what it's going to require. Everyone can appreciate that. I, I agree with you. When I first started getting into this, this industry, that was one of those things you're like, oh, I don't want to tell them. You have to. And like you said, yeah. exactly right. They appreciate it. And they're not surprised. <laughs> they're like, I, okay, that sounds right. What, what are we doing? What's next? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. 100%. We're opening walls where, you know, we don't have x-ray vision. You don't know what's going to be behind a wall until you open it up. So there's, there's a little bit of an expectation that there could be some surprises, but um, the, uh, the, the surprises, first of all, an expectation setting ahead of a project too. I had a peer of mine who one of his taglines every time he sat down with operators before we would start a facilities project is this is going to (laughs) suck. This is going to suck for you. It's going to be super inconvenient. And I looked at him, I'm like, why are you saying this? And he said, it's better to just make them think it's going to be horrible and then be pleasantly surprised than the other way around. So (laughs) I kind of, I kind of incorporate that into mine now too. I learned that from him and I I use it in my pre project. (laughs) All right, guys, this is all going to suck. You know what? That's not a bad idea, though. Because, I mean, if you set the expectation and they're like, you know what? It wasn't that bad. That guy. Yeah, Yeah, that's so funny. (laughs) I love that. That's a great story. (laughs) I'm going to start using that. I'm stealing that, too. You can have it. Yeah. This is going to suck. I'm here to share. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) What do you think is the, the toughest part? of the job. But now I've asked this before. I mean, everyone's like, what, besides the 3am calls? I'm like, yeah, I know. But what for you, what is your, what's your, your biggest challenge? That's the cliche answer for sure. But no, I, I can't take credit for this quote, but I read this somewhere and I wrote it down because I love it so much. Facilities managers, this is our job description. We do precision guesswork based on unreliable data provided by those with questionable knowledge. <laughs> And that it just hits the nail on the head. We just have to, we just have to do the best we can with partial information. um, And we just have to make decisions, even though we can't possibly know every outcome. And there's, there's some risk taking and, you know, I've made, I've made mistakes that have cost tens of thousands of dollars. um, But I have definitely learned from them. And luckily I've had employers who, looked at that as, you know, training dollars, I suppose. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, and I didn't get fired for it. There you go. Thank God. Thank God. But um, there, there's, there's just so much weird stuff that goes on in this job. Have you seen that meme where it's a picture of water gushing out of an electrical outlet? And then the caption says, should I call a plumber or an electrician? And I I get those calls all the time. You got to call a plumbtrician for that. Yeah. They just want to know, do I call a plumber or an electrician? So that doesn't even surprise me anymore. I've seen so many things. Like you said, it just, if you think it can be, it can happen. It can happen. It's just, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. And I think that's, um, I think you're right. I mean, being flexible for you guys is, and patient. Oh my gosh. And patient. Because there's so many things that can go wrong and do, and do go wrong. So yeah, I, I agree with you. That's a great description of what you guys do is, it, and we, on the vendor side, get the same type of information back, you know, it's like, well, what, what do you want me to do? Just go, you'll figure it out when you get there. There's something wrong pretty much, you know, it, it's pretty vague, but yeah, it's, it's a difficult job at, at best. I think it takes a special type of person to do this. I hands down believe that you, you have to have all those skills and more. It's crazy. Do you, um, do you feel it's an equal playing ground? when it comes to facility management or is there still work for us to do in, um, as far as females in facility and, and facility management in general? Uh, I, I, I think tough. we do a pretty good job. Um, I, I see our RIFMA conference has a more diverse crowd every year and that's does. very encouraging. It, it um, really does. I, I would love to see more representation um, by females in yeah. facilities. And I think, I think we're headed in the right direction. So um, my answer to that would be, yes, there's still work for us to do. Yep. Um, but really I think the work for us to do is just to continue to consider women for these jobs where we might not have them pictured in our minds yet. Um, but as, but as we get that vision and we see more women at these conferences and um, it just, it, it, we're getting there. We're absolutely making progress and, and it's, it's becoming a, a more level playing ground for sure. Now, until we see everybody's salaries to know if, if we're equal playing ground there, yeah. I have no idea of knowing. Um, but, uh, but I think, I think we have the right people in leadership positions and they're, and they're doing the right thing and they're making the right decisions. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm optimistically assuming that they're doing the right thing. You know, just from seeing the amount of females in facilities and, 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 and excelling, I, I think we're on the right track. I really I do. agree with that. I, I really, really do. By the way, how in the world did you get started in facility management? I always like to ask this because it's not, I don't know. It's one of those careers that it's, it's, it's so niche. Really it is. It is no one. No one grows up saying that's what I want to be when I grow up. You just yeah, I want to be end up <laughs> here. Yes. Um, well, I my parents they're retired now, but my dad was an engineer uh, and he works for uh, Carrier HVAC. He he uh, was an engineer for them. My mom was a commercial property manager. Oh, okay. So I grew up listening to them talk about their days and picking up on lingo and just absorbing knowledge from them. 
Um, and my early passions were leadership and food. Mm-hmm. So restaurant management was an easy calculation for what I should do for a career. And so that's what I did. I was identified as a standout early in my restaurant management career and was offered a job in the training department to onboard and train managers for Jason's Deli. That's who I worked for at the time. Got it. And I loved getting young college graduates starting on their careers and coaching them to be professionals. And meanwhile, I was working on my MBA. And when I got that degree, I thought that I needed a job where my clothes wouldn't stink at the end of the day. <laughs> so that was, that was like the thing in my mind. I was like, I, I have an advanced degree. Why do I come home smelling like deli every day? So yeah. I, I moved within Jason's Deli into purchasing. So I had a desk job. Uh, nine to five type of gig. And I learned some killer skills negotiating food contracts for Jason's Deli. But the desk, the desk office environment was miserable for me. I have too much energy to sit behind a desk all day. I realized that I missed the action and the noises and the smells of the restaurant. Um, So I was having a beer with a buddy of mine who was a facilities manager And he let me know that they were going to be interviewing for a new FM and he thought that I should go for it. And I thought he was crazy. I said, what do I know about facilities? And he said, you'll learn all that. What was harder to learn was the business side, the communication skills, time management skills, Mm -hmm. which I had already proven were my strengths. And so I put my name in the hat and in my interview for the FM position, I pledged that I would bring an element of my former trainer role to the position. And I said that I would make it a priority to make sure that our operators knew what I knew about facilities. And so I created workshops and training videos to help them understand facilities better. And this was before iPhones. So be impressed. Okay. <laughs> I am impressed. <laughs> so That's a big they, commitment to they really liked that. Yeah. No one had ever done that before. And this was, I was on the cusp of the, evolution from facilities managers being more of the technicians that also did paperwork to my side of things where we did paperwork and knew a little bit about the technical side. So it was, I was, I was right in the middle of that kind of transition. And so I was the one coming in with, with the business skills and less of the technical knowledge. Mm. Um, but that's that's how I ended up with it. And so I was with Jason's Deli for several years and um, and then moved over to Olive Garden about three years ago. Nice. What an awesome story. I, and I think what a cool way to really kind of transition from what you were doing to facility management. And you're abs- they're absolutely right. And you're absolutely right. You know, the soft skills and a lot of the business management side uh, are so much harder to train than the facility management side, you know, you can learn uh, about life cycles on equipment and all this other stuff, you know, and get that stuff, but it's, it's harder to teach the, you know, managing with people. That's truly, it's a, it's a hard skill and it's a gift as well to be able to do that. What um, I was going to ask you, so that was, you started in 2011 in facility management. Is that about right? Yes. Okay. So flash forward to today, 2019, if you had to give yourself a piece of advice back in when, when you first started in 2011, what would you tell yourself? What would you say? Really 
just use the resources available from some of the most seasoned pros you can find. Mm-hmm. Um, tag along with your favorite plumber. Be curious and ask to see what the HVAC guys' equipment readouts are, and you know what does that mean. Um, learn from the trades from the guys who've been doing this for a long time. Um, I would suggest to draw pictures and keep them as cheat sheets. Nice. So that you can sound smart on the phone. Um, <laughs> I've got I've got sticky notes all over my desk of like how compressors and evaporators work and the cycle <laughs> of refrigerant. And I've got like the the phonetic alphabet for for when I'm you know calling out model and serial numbers. I've got yep. you know Delta Echo Foxtrot. I've got that <laughs> sticky note on my desk. I've got all these sticky notes around me that help me sound smart when I'm on the phone because it's all right here in front of me. And yeah. Um, that's that's a I just gave away one of my best secrets, man. Oh um, yeah, no, but, no one uh, will know. Which is between you and I. <laughs> <laughs> but really, just absorb every day. Experience comes from our own crazy emergencies that will inevitably come, and then you remember those and you file them away. Then the next time a freezer door catches on fire, that's actually happened, or water <laughs> gushes out of an electrical outlet, hold it'll on, spray. A freezer door caught on fire. It really did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you got it really did. So the, yeah, the heat strip, the heat strip in this freezer door uh, was wired up incorrectly. And so this, the heat strip wire went around the door frame yeah. and then through the wall of this walk-in freezer to the electrical panel. So the freezer frame caught on fire, but then the wire was so hot, it smoldered inside the wall of the freezer. And we had to shut down. We had to call the fire fire department. It was just, oh man, such a mess. Was there like smoke inside of the walk-in? Oh yes. It was was very scary. Yeah. The the, uh, managers were, handled it really, really well. But uh, we had to, you know, we're trying to save the product. We're trying to get a new freezer door ordered and installed ASAP. We're like nailing up plywood to try to, it was crazy. But, but hey, next time that happens, I'm totally ready. You know, that is, (laughs) that is wild. I have never heard that before. Yeah. Not the, not the place you'd think you'd get a fire, you know, maybe on somewhere in the line, you know, Literally the coldest place. The coldest place in the entire, yeah. Yeah. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. That's an awesome story. (laughs) Well, hey, something I always, now this is just a personal thing. I love to find out what people are reading right now. I think it's, it's fascinating and would love if you could share what you're reading, if there's something good. Yeah, absolutely. I just read a really great book. It's pretty short read uh, called, I think you're wrong, but I'm listening. Oh, Sarah Stewart Holland and Beth Silvers. Sarah is from the left and Beth is from the right politically. They have a political podcast and uh, called Pantsuit Politics. And they wrote this book and it's about having grace filled political conversations, which it's very timely for the upcoming election Mm -hmm. year. Uh, I'm learning a lot and I highlighted so much in this book. I'm really digging it. But I learned a lot about finding common ground and taking off our political two-party jerseys that we wear. So yes. that's that's one book kind of for my personal development. And then I also usually like to have an entertainment book that I'm yep. reading as well. And so that one I read just recently, Helen of Troy. It's a massively thick book 
Um, it's written in first person by Helen herself. It's a historical fiction, so it's what? not really That's awesome. Um, it's fascinating and gripping, and it's full of moments that make you think, if only this one little thing had gone in a different way, an entire war could have been avoided. But spoiler alert, it's not. It's epic. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I'm reading right now, I'm uh, understanding the mysteries of the, the human um, behavior, and it's, it's absolutely fascinating. It's long. It's one of those psych books, but it's been, it's so good. So I need, I need a fun book. So I'm, I'm on the hunt right now. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, so you're, you're a budding anthropologist. I can tell. I am. I really am. I love human behavior. It's just, it's fascinating to me. Awesome. Share. Thank you for that. I want to add that to my list. Absolutely. Well, that's good. It's a good one for females in facilities too. I've, I've, I didn't mean to pick like a powerful woman book, but it ended up being exactly that. Yeah. (laughs) Helen's awesome. Yeah. That's all so cool. Well, one last thing I want to kind of wrap up. Um, I want, I mean, okay. So you have an MBA, right? A degree in business administration and you're working in a doctorate, which is in organizational leadership. That's awesome. We were talking about this earlier. I'm thoroughly impressed and I didn't even know all the other stuff. So that's crazy. What is what's next for Noel? What are you what are you wanting to do next? Gosh, I this is the most fun I've ever had at a job ever. I just super love being a facilities manager. Um, what I love about the work that I do is that it's an act of service. It's my love language. Mm-hmm. No matter where I find myself, it will always be in the service of others and helping them advance their careers and lives. We have an amazing industry with so many opportunities. And I love that our common thread is our passion for hospitality, food and drink and restaurants are deep in my heart and facilities keeps it pumping. And just unless I win the lottery, I really just don't see myself leaving this industry. It's just really super fun. And I have such a, I, I have such satisfaction when I go to bed at night that I, I left it better than I found it every day. And not a lot of people can say that with their work, but I do. And so I love it. Totally get that. I totally get that. In fact, I mean, I've interviewed a ton of people and then, and I found there's such longevity in this career um, for people who stay in it. I mean, if you're in it for a couple, you're in it. It's just, it's, it's always, I like, I agree with you. Uh, And by the way, you must've read the the five love languages then. Cause I love that you said that. I did. Great book. Yeah. Yeah. Gary Chapman. Great yeah, what's book. Yours? What's, what's your love language? Oh my gosh. Words of affirmation. And oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you. <laughs> well, and, you know, uh, Sean, you, you, usually they tell you that you know what your love language is because it's the way you like to give love. Exactly. So yeah. if, and I see that in you, you are, you're always very complimentary. And so, uh, it, ma- it only makes sense that words of affirmation are your love language. So, um, I'll be, I'll make sure to, to give you some little love notes every once in a while. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Yeah. My, uh, my wife's is acts of service. So I, I get that one really well. So I'm, I'm constantly, let me change the oil in the car. Let's take care of this stuff. You know, it's, it's awesome. Man, good husband moves. Whew. A lot of learning. 25 Your years. Your game is strong. Yeah. Yes. 
Well, Noel, man, you've been amazing as a guest. Thank you so much. I love the perspectives that you brought to the show today. So uh, I just want to thank you for being on. Um, and, uh, you know, I will probably have to have you back on again as things progress. I would love that. Hey, did we just become best friends? We did. <laughs> I think, I think we did. Oh, I love That's that. That's awesome. You want to go do karate in the garage? Let's go. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, I look forward to having you on again. I appreciate it, Sean. Thanks so much. 